Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone, the internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us once again. Good afternoon, Simon. Afternoon, Sean. Uh, So the envelope. Why the envelope? Or the envelope. You're obviously an envelope man. I'm totally an envelope man because that's the way it's spelled. (laughs) Well, it's interesting you say that because, of course, the word comes from the French, um, envelope. But even though it's pronounced like that, it is spelled with an E. But when we anglicized it, we kept that O-N sound um, often. Uh, now, it's cha- most people in Ireland at least say envelope nowadays. But if you hop over the pond to our friends in England, a lot of them will say envelope to this day. And they will even sometimes spell it with an O. Right. OK. Uh, and I see there's a few people actually on Twitter saying I say envelope as well. Yeah, yeah. When I grew up in in North Tipperary, um, envelope was all the rage. Um, Of course, we used to talk about envelopes or envelopes a lot more back then because we used them more. Nowadays, perhaps sadly, we don't use them as much as we used to. Yeah, that's because we're just not posting uh, letters anymore. Did people always post letters, though, inside? Was it always a separate thing? Yeah, it's it's funny. the when people started posting messages to each other um the envelope is not something that you would have considered using at all um you simply folded over the letter that you had written your message on in such a way that concealed the contents of said message and you might use a wax seal um which uh, was done by a separate stamp or indeed a signet ring um and uh and that's the way it was done and the reason for that Sean is interesting because it ties in with what we were saying a couple of months ago in this series about the penny black stamp before the penny black black stamp um came along in the 1840s you were charged for postage on the basis of the number of sheets of paper that you were using so for a start you've got two things going on here for, we don't think twice about the amount of paper that we use, unfortunately, although that is changing with environmental concerns, because paper is still very, very cheap. But back in those times, um, in the the mid-19th century, paper wasn't as cheap. So that's the first consideration. So envelopes were expensive, even though they did exist, but not in a mass-produced sense. The second consideration is that the more sheets of paper you used, including an envelope, the more expensive it was going to be to post that message. Now, when um, the Hill brothers, who I talked about before on this series, when they brought in the penny black, you could send as many sheets of paper as you wanted, so long as the whole thing was under 14 grams in weight, which doesn't sound like much, but it's certainly enough for a decent-sized letter and an envelope. Mm. So, uh, almost like the envelope was a sign of economic development yeah absolutely and it also made your your message more private Uh, you were able to secure it and i think that's what we often forget about the function of an envelope and that was certainly the case when it was first invented i mean 
this brings into question of what is an envelope. We immediately imagine something that's made out of paper, but the original envelope in antiquity is something made out of clay. Because in uh, Babylon, for example, modern day Iraq, there thereabouts, um, the first indication archaeologically that we have of an envelope comes from this part of the Middle East, about 2000 BC. So 4,000 years ago, envelopes were made of clay because clay tablets were what you wrote messages on. These could be deeds, they could be um, they could even be mortgage papers, um, they could be bookkeeping forms, financial accounts. And when you had written that tablet, then you literally encased it in clay and baked it again, baked it like a cookie in a furnace. And if you wanted to open that clay envelope, you took a sledgehammer to it and broke it open. Not a reusable envelope, but an envelope in definition all the same. Wow. <laughs> And what would be inside those kinds of envelopes? And I assume that, you know, they weren't for like the ordinary person. Ah, you know yourself, photos and stuff like that. (laughs) (laughs) Party invites. (laughs) These would have been deeds um, and uh, financial accounts or, um, you know, uh, alliance papers between heads of state. Really important documents would have been kept in clay envelopes like this. But it was... In the 17th century that we see paper envelopes emerging for the first time, these were homemade, they weren't mass-produced. And it wasn't until the mid-19th century, as I said before, with the emergence of the penny black, uh, penny black stamp, that we see a proper envelope-making industry involving in tandem with the development of a more democratic um, postal service in Britain and Ireland. Mm. Now, and an envelope is quite a, um, it's quite a graceful piece of design, but presumably when they first started making them, you had to have people putting the folds over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it was in 1845 when Edwin Hill, brother of Roland Hill, who came up with the idea of the penny black um, stamp, he came up, he got the first patent for an envelope making machine. Now, this still had to be operated by hand, but it allowed you to fold the uh, the design of an envelope in such a way that made it look like something that you could encase a document in. They were rhombus shaped, as we say in the industry, Sean. Mm. Um, a rhombus is basically a diamond shaped sheet of paper. This is how you make a standard rectangular envelope to this day. Um, Envelopes are not made out of rectangular sheets of paper, even though they end up being rectangles when they're finished. They come from diamond, or to use the mathematical um, expression, a parallelogram type shape. That's how you make one of these things. Um, So before they were creased, they were put through this machine, and then the edges were overlapped and they were treated using this special paste similar to the gelatinous uh, material that was used on the back of the penny black stamp and of course you gave this a grand lick and then you stuck the apex of it uh, to to the back and it kind of sealed your message inside um now what happened after that is interesting because you see a rapid development 
in the envelope making in the envelope machine sort of industry um in 1876 two gentlemen they created a self-gumming envelope machine which i really like because it had a brush that applied the adhesive to the envelope so that you didn't have to paint that on yourself i just have this image of hundreds and hundreds of workers in a factory painting this kind of resin onto the back of envelopes but suddenly a machine was able to do that instead and then you don't see these as much nowadays Sean but it was in 1902 that an american man patented the window envelope to help save time and labor um hmm. this meant of course that you only had to write the address once which was on the top of your formal letter and then you could see that through the window of the envelope uh, now that because you did make a reference to it there licking envelopes uh, how long was the era of licking envelopes because probably you know it, it could be dangerous i know it doesn't sound like a dangerous thing to do but you could slice your tongue in half Well yeah someone just said that to me on Twitter a few minutes ago that you know the worst place to get a paper cut well come to think of it one of the worst places to get a paper cut <laughs> <laughs> is probably your tongue and um I think I have actually had that experience you know it's horrible first of all there's a really bitter sour flavor of the adhesive mm. on the back of an envelope and um but i don't think a lot of people are doing it now because of the pandemic so often people are just dipping their finger under the tap and then putting that on the back of an envelope oh. but it doesn't but the the pure water doesn't stick as well as the kind of oily saliva in your mouth yeah oh i thought i, I they're still around i thought all envelopes now had that kind of uh, that that strip that you just pull off and then it sticks itself No sir. Oh. Um I I was posting recently and uh and you can if you buy cheap envelopes as George in Seinfeld proved when his fiance died from the toxicity of a bad envelope <laughs> um the that uh, the cheaper the envelope the more likely it is that it's going to be a licker and not a sticker. If you buy a more expensive envelope it's more likely to be a sticker and not a licker. Ah, right. Shows you how my cloistered ivory tower existed. Uh, uh, that uh, I'm buying well, those Sean, fancy you ones have, you don't have you, to lick. You, you probably just have a team of people who lick the envelopes for you. It's true. I, geez, I, must, <laughs> I must check the basement. That reminds me. Uh, <laughs> and you know the old, uh, the, the, uh, the airmail um, envelopes? Yes, Are they yeah. still around? They, do you know what? I'm not sure if you still see them. I think they're a thing of the past. But I remember when I was a kid, the excitement of receiving a par avion mm. envelope because back in the day i think do you remember they used to have a border red and blue border yes and they were made with a particularly thin paper which is called onion skin paper because it was almost translucent like the like the the layers of a of an onion and that of course was to to ensure that as little weight as possible was on the airplanes that were carrying them These were amazing and it's it, I've often wondered why do we still use the term paravion instead of airmail and the reason is because the French were the first to do this uh they invented airmail essentially it was in 1918 a really important date in European history because this was the year when America joined the allies during World War 1 and most almost all the American troops arriving in Europe 
arrived through Saint-Nazaire, which is kind of, I suppose, near Brittany in France. And the first ever power avion or airmail flight was between Paris and Saint-Nazaire so that the American troops could get their mail. Um, so the, the, you can see that the origin of this type of postage is is very much tied into a really important historical event, basically when the Yanks came to save our asses. <laughs> or, yeah, their asses. We were neutral. Simon, uh, fascinating <laughs> as ever. Uh, thanks a million. Uh, that's uh, Simon Tierney there. You are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. We're going to take a break. Back in a couple of minutes. Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.